All right, everybody, welcome back to the Warrior Mindset and Motivation Podcast. I am your host, retired Army Sergeant First Class Eric Castillo, and also life coach at Zimi Wellness Center in Indigenous Sovereignty. Today, uh, guest on the show, uh, pretty cool dude, got an interesting background. He went from Air Force to Marines, which is still, that's I want to hear that because I haven't even heard it yet. So I always yeah. like to, when I, when I get people to come on, I, I look at the bios, but I don't really read them because I want first reactions for people to see just like if they're hearing it. So I do that. His name is John Martin Vigu, French. I said it right, I think. Huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. But he tried to say, oh, Martin Vague. No, I'm trying to say it right because I like to get people's <laughs> names right. You know, but um, yeah, he's uh, he's got a pretty extensive background. He does a lot of things. Um, pretty cool Instagram picture. He's a super gun guy. He's got a whole bunch of pictures of doing gun stuff which is super cool. Um, so, John, go ahead and give everybody a little bit of background intro about you. Um, super excited to be here today. Thanks so much for asking me to be on here. Um, I mean, where do you want to start, basically? That's a big question. Uh, start, start from um, what made you decide to go to the Air Force first. Like, what? Because okay. I know yeah. for me... For me, I was like, I joined the military when I was in high school. I was 17, but I was yeah. back and forth between all the branches. Like, I was, for a while, I wanted the Air Force, and then I wanted the Navy, then I wanted the Army, and then I was like, oh, the Marines, and then I went back to the Air Force. I was all over the place. <laughs> and the yeah. only reason yeah. I chose the Army was because the Army was the only branch that can guarantee me an exact job. Like, yeah. the only the exact job. Where all the other ones, they'd put me in a field. Like, oh, you'll be infantry, but... We don't know what you're going to do till you finish AIT. And I didn't like that. I was like, well, hold on. Like, <laughs> yep. exactly. and, then the, and then that could even change. Like you could be infantry and then switch over to like something else, you oh, know? God. So it's like, it wasn't yeah, solidified. Yeah. So exactly. with the army, I was like, okay, army got me. Cool. At least I can know what the hell I'm doing, you know, and, <laughs> yep. and, and do that. So start, start with what made you choose the okay. Air Force first. Um, I, I would say I was, I've always been a big like aviation uh, aviation guy. I grew up, um, I don't know, just loving airplanes. Went to a air show when I was like nine years old, saw the F-16 flying around. And I was like, oh, that's what I want to fly when I grow up, you know? Um, and when I was 16, 17, I started uh, working on my private pilot's license. Uh, and, and I'd always kind of been interested in the Marine Corps as well, but um, due to my upbringing and kind of my environment, um, the more, uh, combat oriented stuff was, was, you know, not really an option that my parents really wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, which, I mean, we could get into the environment later. It was not a very good environment. It was very controlling and very bad. But, um, so I'd say maybe my last year of high school, that was kind of when I was like, Hey, I, I want to go into the military. I got to get out of this you know, house, but Military is a great option, um, and I've always wanted to fly and work on my pilot's license. That's that's what I want to do. I'll go be an F-16 fighter pilot, be an awesome you know, pilot, and have fun with that. So um, I started looking into the options, and uh, the most direct route to the F-16 was the uh, Air, Air National Guard. So the 144th Fighter Wing in California um, was uh, kind of the option I was looking at. Uh, obviously, to fly, you got to be an officer. So I started um, college, um, pretty much fought my parents to start college. And uh, reluctantly, I did um, to them, but I uh, started at the community college. And then as soon as I was eligible to enlist, um, I opted to enlist because I kind of had to get out of the house. So 
Um, I was like, well, you know, Air National Guard, here we go. I'll enlist. I enlisted in February of 2008 um, and then shipped off to boot camp um, at Lackland Air Force Base from that moment. Um, I would say that would be my biggest mistake when it came to becoming an F-16 fighter pilot was enlisting instead of just going straight through college and then becoming an officer. Um, Because due to my upbringing, you know, living by myself, I kind of let loose a little bit, started failing a few college classes. (laughs) So (laughs) the the officer thing didn't quite work out. But uh, that was that was the whole initial thing of joining the Air Force F-16 fighter pilot. Um, and obviously I chose to be a crew chief on the F-16 um, just to get as close as I could, be familiar with the aircraft. And that was such an amazing job, honestly. I really enjoyed it um, being an aircraft mechanic. Um, I started out on the line first um, for, I'd say, my first two years, um, being a line mechanic out there launching and recovering aircraft, doing you know basic maintenance. Um, and then uh, I moved up, got promoted, went to phase maintenance, um, and then uh, was a swing shift supervisor in uh, swing swing phase. Um, which was really awesome. That's where I really got to know the ins and outs of the aircraft, taking it all apart and reading. Was it um, 300 hours? I think it was. We take it all apart, replace pretty much replace everything, and then put it all back together and put it back out on the line. So, oh wow, yeah, yeah, yeah it was That's it was cool. definitely an awesome job. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's the, there's the Air Force one for you. Um, we'll get into that later. We can talk about the differences, <laughs> but we can we can talk about the differences between Marine Corps and Air Force a little bit. Um, as far as transferring to the Marine Corps, I think that's where we want to kind of focus on is why I made the switch. So during my time in the Air Force, um, uh, I was, I was, uh, full time in the Air National Guard. So that's, um, where I was at. I was living out in Fresno, California. Um, and I went from an extremely, extremely oppressive controlled environment at home to now being on my own completely. My parents shunned me, kind of pushed me out of the family, disowned me. Um, and at that moment, I kind of said, well, fuck it. I'm going to do whatever I want. Um, I was still going to college at the time, but I didn't really focus on my classes. And I, I failed, I think it was two classes, two business classes. I was getting an aviation administration degree through Embry-Riddle. And um, I just didn't focus on it. I was partying a little too much and um, failed a couple classes. And I was like, well, they're not going to pick me as an F-16 fighter pilot if I got a, <laughs> you know, a fail on my uh, transcript. So that's not going to happen. So I was a little, a little sad, a little depressed, but was pushing through the maintenance deal. And then um, I remember one day I was just driving home from work and I saw the Marine Corps recruiter and I was like, I'm not going to be a fighter pilot. Why can't I go fight? Like I've always wanted to be in combat. But why not just – go fight and enlist in the Marine Corps. Like, I'm sure I could do it. I'm almost out of the Air Force. Um, so I literally stopped by the Marine Corps recruiter that day. I was in my uniform and everything. And I remember walking in and he's like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> you know? and I, told, I, I told him, I was like, well, I think it'd be awesome to join the Marine Corps. I, you know, I'm aircraft mechanic, but I, I really want to fight. I want to do that and see what it's like being there. And, uh, he was like, well, Right now, you're pretty lucky because we're allowing inter-service transfers. We're trying to, you know, still up our numbers in the Marine Corps, so we can we can work on that and make it happen. So he literally gave me the paperwork right there, and uh, I was stoked. I walked out. Next morning, I went to my uh, my uh, uh, it was it was a uh, is he wasn't a major. He was colonel. That's right. He was a colonel. So I went to my colonel in the uh, maintenance officer. I was like, sir, I'd like to transfer to the Marine Corps. <laughs> and he like leaned back his chair and laughed. He's like, nope, you gave us six years. I'm not letting you out. 
And I was just like stood there and looked at him and he just he's like, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sign any papers, I'm not gonna do anything. You still got two more. Well, at the time it was about three. He's like, You still got you still got three more years, I'm not gonna let you out. Get back out there and get to work. It's <laughs> like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> so I was I was pretty sad. Um, but I went and told the uh, recruiter, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm dedicated to doing this. I'm going to make it happen. So I'm going to, you know, keep going and keep asking. And maybe one day he'll give in. Um, and, uh, so I don't know, about six months went by and he got relieved. And we got a new, uh, new maintenance commander. First day in his office, I went up there. <laughs> I was like, sir, I'd like transferring to the Marine Corps. <laughs> and he sat back in his chair and he's like, that's really awesome, man. I like that. I like the ambition. What do you want to do? So, well, sir, um, I, I know I want to be infantry, but I think it'd be awesome to try out for recon as well. Um, and uh, he was like, I love this, man. Yeah, let's make this happen. <laughs> so, oh, wow. I was like, wow, awesome, great. So, um, so actually, we started the paperwork right there. Um, and I had to I had to get a lot of guys to sign off on it, a lot of chain of command. Um, so it actually took me maybe about another four to six months to actually do the complete info transfer. Um, and then... Uh, the final signature that I had to get um, was the base commander, and oh it was the former commander that said no. <laughs> so oh I remember I walked, I walked into his office and uh, walked up to his desk, saluted and everything. I was like, sir, um, I'm transferring to the Marine Corps. I'd like you to sign off on it. Everyone else has, and I'd be honored if you would too. And he looks at me and he says, you're still trying to do this? <laughs> I, said, I said, yes, sir, I am. He's like, well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to be infantry, and I really want to try out for recon. It's like, well, I guess if everyone signed off on it, you're not really mine anymore, so I'll just sign off on it too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I got that signature and took it to the recruiter that day, and then um, he set up a time for MEPS. So, nice. Um, yeah, so that was kind of the process. It was a long process. It was pretty grueling, though, just just because, you know, the ups and downs, not knowing if it would happen and then finally making it happen. But um I PT'd as much as I could with the pulleys and, you know, tried to stay motivated and do everything I could with the recruiters and help them out. And they really liked me. And I was an E4 at the time. Um, so I was able to hang out. I always go out to eat and keep me motivated. You know, That's cool. So, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. So then um, as I was looking at your um, bio, I noticed you went to, uh, it was Afghanistan in 2013. Yes, yes. So I was there also. Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> oh, where yes. were you at? Awesome. I was it I was in RC South uh in okay. Kandahar doing private security detail for NATO. Nice. Uh, oh yes. Commanders, commanders and generals and also providing security for the president of Afghanistan. Oh nice. That's awesome. Oh dude, that is so cool. Awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy we were there at the same time. Yeah, where were you? <laughs> Um, so I was in Sang Valley, Helmand Province. Um, oh, the hot zone. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, you know that's what that's what I like. That's what everyone likes to say. But you know, um, it was definitely you know the, the time of my life. It was something I I really wanted. I always tell everyone I never I never joined for any bigger reason. Um, I never joined for like a big picture. It was always just I know it still sounds conceited, but it was for myself. I just I really want to test myself and see you know what my limits were and what I could handle, and um, that's why I really wanted to be infantry and that's why I went and um, I really had a lot of awesome leaders that I learned from. I would say that was that was the best part 
um, about it all was just, you know, those, those awesome guys that I got to be with and serve from and learn from that, you know, I use a lot of their leadership techniques today in my current job. So. Right. And it's, it's incredible. Like who, uh, who you come in contact with, because there's the, the, you know, you, you got your bad, you know, you got your leaders who aren't so great. You look at them them and you're like, how the hell are you this rank? You know, like what the hell? Exactly. And then on the flip side, you're like, where the hell have you been? You know, whatever time, (laughs) you know, like where you been? I would shoot that guy in the back, even the chance. (laughs) I will follow you into fire. (laughs) Like that happened. Like I, when I was in Germany, I literally thought that, the devil handpicked the entire command because it was hell <laughs> for like a year oh, and a half. It was hell. Yeah. And you're just like, what the hell is going on? And then me being a staff sergeant, so I was a section chief, squad leader, yeah. trying to at least deflect as much bullshit as I can, but I can't do much. Yeah. You know? No, and then the exactly. platoons aren't tried, but everyone above him was just not good. Yeah. And then it's like when they all left and then a whole new command came in, you're like, the hell were you guys at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about time you show up. Yeah, it's about time we get some oh, good man. leaders here, like people yeah. who actually give a crap, you know? So, oh, yeah. 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 Oh, man. And then, you know, you learn stuff. But, you know, the I always say, and people are kind of throws them back to, when it comes to bad leaders, they're actually mm-hmm. really good because they, if you if you look at it yes. right, they teach you how not to be. Exactly. When you, you know, know what it's like. Yeah, you don't want to <laughs> do what they do. That's yeah, right. And then you have two courses. You can either become them or you can not do what they do and be a better example. That's what exactly. I tried. When I, when yeah. I made uh, E7, I tried to do that because I had some pretty yeah. bad ones and I had some yeah, pretty good yeah, ones. Yeah. So, yeah. And I took those and just combined my own. Yep. Uh, exactly. So for you, yeah. for, um, was, uh, so during your time in Afghanistan, did you experience anything? Was there just some trials? Was there some just like, uh, like you know, like any type of situation? I mean, Honestly, uh, yeah, you know, every day there was so much going on. Um, so me specifically, um, when I arrived, I was in uh, 3rd Battalion, 4th Marines. So that's where I was assigned um, after infantry school and uh, all the recon stuff. Um, I didn't make it through recon school. Um, I could, we could talk about that a little bit later. But um, as soon as I got to the unit, um, so the, the, the guys, they were like, oh, you're smart. You were from the Air Force. Oh wow! Yeah, we need you as the the radio operator. So the oh, moment, I, yeah, the moment I got to my infantry unit, I was handed the radio, and um, I was forced <laughs> to learn all the radio operations. And man, for that whole entire seven month workup and the whole time in Afghanistan, yeah, it's, I, I was the uh, committed radio operator. And not gonna lie, I was a damn good one. And I actually um, did get a uh, what do you call it a. Uh, I got recognized for it. I forget. I have it in my room, but yeah, got I got recognized for, yes, <laughs> not an award, but an actual, like, you know, paper award for it and whole ceremony oh, yeah. thing. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, 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 it was, it was really awesome experience just being able to be that radio operator. I was sought after, um, you know, and, and I would get to go out on specific patrols just because they needed a good radio operator. And um, mm-hmm. that was really awesome to be able to do all that. I had a little more freedom than some of the other guys just because I, I was taking care of so many. I had, I think it was about 22 radios signed out in my name. And we were only on a, you know, a little tiny fob. We were in Sabit Kadam uh, or Fob Jackson. British call it mm-hmm. Fob Jackson. We called it Sabit, Sabit Kadam. Um, there's, it was only our company out there. But, um, yeah, I was uh, 
you know, I had that many radios signed out to me and I was always changing the crypto, making sure we always had the, the proper frequencies of the air and mm-hmm. everyone else going around, you know, um, tanks and, and, and whatnot, whatever was happening in our AO. I was making sure we could contact everybody and talk to everybody. Um, it was definitely a, a, a good job for me because it kept me busy a lot. Yeah. But, you know, I got to go out a lot with everybody. And, and um, yeah, it was I hated it at the beginning, but you know, being a radio operator turned out to be a blessing. In the end, so. <laughs> well, yeah, they're like they're a pivotal guy because I would make sure for yeah. me, I would make sure that my radio guy, when I had my radio next to me, if I didn't have one on me or if I had mine and someone else, I made sure it was okay. someone who can talk clearly, someone who yes. was someone intelligent, you know, that that way they can articulate, <laughs> yep. you know, what I'm yep. saying. Like, especially if I'm cussing or you tell that motherfucker on the radio, <laughs> and then they'll, they'll tone that down and be uh, like, Sir, yeah. he said that he's busy and he will be right with you. you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yep. So, yep. And, then, and then also, too, like having to understand the bigger picture and, and keeping track of where everyone was in, in, in the yeah. movement and, and everything and just understanding the battlefield and what's going on. Because you, you're you the main o- o- operator. you got to understand and then relay that information back to the command and control. And, yeah. And then you can't leave nothing out, too. Like, And you no. can't, like, add your own skin to it. Like, if, yeah, if, no. if, if, if it's like, hey, I want you to say this, you need to say that because, the, you know, yeah. it's a, it's like that It's like that game, you know, where you do communication, you tell people seek, uh, secret all the way down, and yep. then by the time it gets to the end, it's a completely different story. That, that won't yep. work. In Afghanistan, you know, it'll no, go from, no. okay, we have two no, bad no. guys to we have 30 bad guys in tanks. It's like, no, we don't have that many, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely a good time. My son, my son was born while I was over there, actually. Um, he, uh, he was born two weeks after I left. And uh, oh. yeah, we were out of a position and they sent a patrol to get me. So that way, they gave me a good uh, about 24 hours that I was able to zoom. And uh, you know, be there for the birth. So that was that was awesome. But oh, didn't meet cool. him until I came back, and he was seven months old, almost eight months old. Yeah. So it was pretty crazy coming back to like I left, and me and my wife weren't. You know, we she had lived in Northern California. She was going to college. I was in Twenty Nine Palms, so I don't see her on weekends. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I left, so we weren't living together. I left. I come back. We're living together. I have a son. So you know, it was <laughs> it was a crazy crazy time, man. Jeez. Well, a lot I'm glad, of, glad, glad everything panned out and it worked out pretty yeah. good. She, she's yeah. still there, and that's you know it shows yes. her her yes. her you know how she de- her dedication, dedication. And I thank her for that. You know because yeah. having a good having a, a good partner in the, in that type of work, you you need it. Yeah. You that's, know that's for sure. Yeah. So I, and an I know awesome that pillar to lean mm-hmm. on. You know. Yeah, especially you know, and I know that's a that's a crucial thing, especially nowadays with what's yeah. going on and things. You know divorce yeah. rate in the military is super high you know oh yeah it is it's crazy yeah it's just so. and that's a whole nother thing too to talk about on why it is and my my fiance she she knows all about that stuff and what the hows and the whys and you know she she like specializes in that stuff and how to help so but yeah she does her own yeah. uh podcast and things with that one so oh, that's um, awesome that's cool yeah yeah and, yeah, and we actually do our own uh, podcast. We have one that we talk about how she helps me out with my stuff and how I help her with nice. her stuff. So, yeah, I yeah. just straight yeah. straight couch talk podcast. So we do that one kind of like her side, uh, my side, how we met, you know, and what she That's does so for cool. me. When I, yeah, when I get all in a certain headspace up here, what she does for me, and then flip yeah. sides, what I do yeah. for her. So yeah, it's pretty good, man. 
awesome. It's, oh, a, yeah. it's important to have someone like that in your life, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So as we move to the next thing here, and this is what this is like what I call the meat and potatoes of what I do is, is the transition. Um, okay. For me, I know you had a hard upbringing. Um, I know my transition was hard. Um, it was actually very, very hard. Uh, a lot of things happened. Um, and for those who don't know, I'll say really quick, um, I was in a toxic marriage that is over. Uh, and towards the end of that, I was arrested, um, dismissed of charges, but was arrested for domestic violence. Um, almost uh, attempted suicide twice during that time. And yeah, it was it was a pretty dark time. It just seemed like everything came crashing down and it took a long time to get back on track. And that's yeah. how this started. It's just a show that like, and I don't compare, but like, no matter how dark in a spot you're in, you can always come out of it, but you have to get out of it. Everyone can extend a hand to you. And if you have a lot of hands, you can, you, know, you only got two. So pick two hands or you pick one. That's the strongest that can help you, but you have to put the effort to get out of it. And that's what I had to do. Yeah. I was sitting there like, just kind of like, what the heck, you know? And like, I always use the example of I was falling down a pit and I hit the bottom. And then just as I thought I hit the bottom, I went to roll over to get up and I freaking fell farther down in the hole. And I was like, what the hell? I thought I hit the bottom. And then I finally hit the bottom. And then I was like, well, I guess this is it. You know, now is a choice to make. And now it's the climb back up. You know, I saw the light up there and I was like, oh, there it is. And I started going back up. Uh, So that's kind of how this started, along with the help of the missus, who said that it would be a good idea to start this whole platform. And that's how I got to meet all the people I've come on here, like you and Jessica Lynch and rapper soldier hard and all the other people my best friend came on here yeah so it's like i get to meet everybody every week and it's awesome and it's nice so for you how was your transition man like was it hard was it smooth like because some are smooth i've had people who were smooth and then i've had people who were worse than mine and i don't i don't get i gave everyone off of mine so like i don't compare but i go oh man they had it way worse than i did you know yeah that's kind of how i base it you know like and some were like no mine is good and i know a guy he had like five deployments no nothing, smooth transition. I'm like, like, what <laughs> like, the fuck? Yeah. You know, like come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Like good for you, yeah. but fuck you, you know? Like Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I would I would say mine was just full of ups and downs, honestly. You know, there were moments where I thought, Oh, I got this, this is good. And then there were times where I was just I lost. So lost, you know, not not understanding what to do, what's going on. Um uh and and, and, and just really not knowing how to push forward. Um I would say maybe within the last almost year is when it's really felt like it's all finally come together and everything's on the up and up and smooth going. Um, Cause I got out in, back in uh, was it mid 2015. Um, and uh, I, I it was actually medically discharged from the Marine Corps. It was right at the end of my enlistment. Um, my back gave out on me and I had um, lower back surgery. My L4, L5, S1 area is just completely um, fucked. We'll say that. Um, and I, I just say it's due to me being an extremely tall guy and having to carry all that combat gear all over the place and um, you know, just pushing myself every day and then finally just being done. Um, so when I was I was medically discharged, I will, I'm so grateful and thankful to the VA and um, to everyone for you know being financially stable when I got out. Um, so I didn't have to worry financially. That was, I would say, the most... Um, important thing for me because you know married with two kids um, having insurance 
was the the biggest part for me. Um, and, and and that was at the time of when, you know, you finally had to start paying for your own insurance, all this different stuff when back in, you know, um, all that weird insurance stuff was coming out. And, you know, yeah. so we pay the ramifications for it nowadays. But um, so and, and that was the best part is I didn't feel like I had to, um, you know, get out there and just immediately start financially supporting everything um, for our family. But um, I was completely lost. I had no direction, didn't know what to do. All I'd known was the Air Force and the Marine Corps. And that is literally what shaped me, made me into the person who I am. Um, and I couldn't stay in any longer. And I was really, really, you know, upset and, and extremely sad about that because that's, you know, when, when you're in and that's what shapes you, you belong there. You know, that's where you thrive. Yeah. You know, guys like you and I, we thrive in, a, in a, an extremely pressured environment. You know, that's when we do our best. That's when we thrive and just shine. And, um, you know, that's me completely. When I'm, you know, being squeezed and pressured, I just, you know, outmaneuver everybody and, you know, adapt and overcome. And, uh, right. you know, I was at the point of, I don't know what to do now. So I, I, I fell back onto flying. Um, I decided, you know, hey, well, you know, I have my pilot license. I've always wanted to fly. I enjoy flying. I can, you know, be an airline pilot. So we uh, moved from California, grew up in California, been in California my entire life in two branches. <laughs> the only place I ever went was Afghanistan. So two branches stayed in California. Um, and uh, we moved to Utah because the UVU, um, Utah Valley University, uh, accepted the whole entire GI Bill for the uh, flight program. So nice. on a whim, we just moved out here and we're like, well, you know, hey, this is what we're going to do. Um, and I started college immediately and um, I fell into a good groove of just, you know, hey, going to college every day, flying, working towards a career. And uh, as I got into it, I hate flying. I am not going to lie. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> hate flying. I have my pilot's license, I have my instrument rating, and I have my old multi-engine rating, and then I was like, I'm done. One more rating would have been a commercial rating, which allows you to get paid to fly, and then you can build the hours to go to an airline. But I was just, I was done. I've never joy flown for myself, so really, you know, I've always just been academic flying, and it just took a toll. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm used to shooting, moving, and communicating, and not sitting yeah. in here looking at gauges. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm an extremely yeah. athletic, active guy. You know, and, and 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 flying. Well, maybe it sounds awesome. It's so extremely mentally exhausting, and I was just sick and tired of every time you turn around, there's some kind of test or oral exam, and it just took a toll on me. And um, so I started to get really depressed, and down. Um, and then I got an awesome job opportunity from a buddy I ran into at the gym. It was uh, for contract security. So this was back in 2016. Um, contract security, and uh, it paid very well. And I was, you know, hey, I'll jump on this job. Keep going to college, you know, still trying to become a pilot. Um, but uh, so I jumped on that job. And then uh, the pay was so good that I started to cruise. And this specific job, there's no movement upward at all. Ever, you know, it's very rare if you get to go up in the company. So I started to cruise a little bit and think like, hey, we're making good money. You know, I hate flying. Um, I'm just going to stop flying and I'll continue my degree um, and just, you know, continue the classes, change over from aviation to business administration of aviation. Um, and uh, so that, I would say that was kind of down to a low point again. I was starting to lose direction, didn't know what to do. There was no future. There was no nothing. Yeah, I was making enough money, you know, that we could live happily on, but I didn't know what to do. And um, 
you know, it was kind of a down moment there for a little while. And then uh, my wife and I decided to start doing some fitness businesses. Um, you know, love fitness and I really enjoy helping people in that area. So then I kind of jumped on the train of, you know, online personal training. We, you know, we built our online personal training business and, you know, we did pretty decent and well at that. Um, I would say it never really um, did good enough where I could quit my other job, but it really, I, I really enjoyed the people that I helped. And I, I would say that was, that was the best part of it all. Um, and then I kind of grew out of that. Um, I just, fitness started to turn into something extremely personal for me, not necessarily something that I really um, liked offering help for anymore. I kind of, maybe after two years of doing it, I just kind of, I don't want to say lost the interest because it's, I, I still enjoy helping people, but fitness to me is not like it used to be. I used to be very like breathe heavy. That's all you do. Fitness, count your macros and work harder and try and get bigger. And, and I, I, I'd say that probably burned me out and um, it, it started to turn into, no, you know, like, we just need to be healthy. We need to be functional, you know, and, you know, go in there, you know, just make it a routine and just make it a part of your life instead of eat, breathe, sleep, fitness, you know, and I would right. say that has benefited me so much more. Um, but I will say the people that I was able to help, it was, it was so awesome. And, and that was very satisfying in and of itself. Um, and then still at the time, you know, I went back, I was still at, at my other job cruising, didn't know what to do. Um, and then I had a buddy tell me, he was like, Hey, you know, you, you have so much, you know, combat training and, and firearms training. Why don't you get out there and, you know, spread some of that, you know, help, 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 help some people with that. So I was like, Hey, that's a great idea. So I actually went and got my, um, NRIA instructor license and then, uh, kind of formed a few courses of my own. Um, one of my favorite ones was the whole defense course, uh, where I kind of taught people room clearing and kind of how to best move through your house as a single person. You know, team mm -hmm. team maneuvers are completely different than single maneuvers, and uh, yeah. so that that was necessary. Mostly, what I covered in, in that course it was a really good, fun course, and I actually held several of those courses. It was it was amazing. Um, and then I put together more some more fun courses for people to experience more infantry stuff and just get out there. Because most people can get out there and shoot, but nobody shoots, moves, and communicates. And uh, mm -hmm. so I put these awesome courses together uh, that, where people come out. You know, you've never touched a gun before, but we go through all the, all the basics, all the rules. And uh, we let, you know, obviously with, you know, me and another buddy instructing right there next to them, we let people shoot and move. And we have a fire course that people would move through and, it was it was so much fun. It did so well, um, and then sadly, after a while, um, the uh, the range that we had shut down. So we we no longer have these courses. Unfortunately, it was so awesome though. We had people shooting around cars and shooting at steel targets, and it was yeah. more for for just the enjoyment of it. Yeah, there were yeah. courses where we where we really went into some awesome like um, infantry technique and and. and you know, assaulting and, and stuff like that. But it was just more or less seeing the smiles on people's faces and being able to do awesome things with a gun instead of just standing there and shoot. You know, that was, that was a blessing right there. It was so much fun. Um, yeah. So for, unfortunately right now um, I don't have a range um, that allows any of that. So that's the <laughs> hardest part. <laughs> Most ranges don't allow, you know, shooting and moving. So um, if I can ever find a place or get a place of my own, I'd love to get back at that. Um, you have a shoot house. That range had a shoot house, and it had awesome ranges, cars you could shoot, and move. But um, yeah, no, 
no no more with that, unfortunately. So hopefully one go day. Go get yourself a big old property like you. <laughs> Dude. And go build, oh, go I'd build love to. That you maneuver oh. through. Go, go build a freaking Middle Eastern freaking shoot yes. house. You know, Dude. and then go build yep. another course on the other side and then just <laughs> have it all. Oh, have man. like 20 acres and then just go. Yes. Oh, <laughs> man. That's, honestly, that I, that is on the table for me. So maybe sometime within the next five years, hopefully we can have that. Um, it's uh, it's It's just – so much fun, but at the same time out here in Utah, everything's so expensive. So trying to find that is the hardest part of that. But it's definitely on the table, and hopefully someday we'll have something like that. Yeah. Nice. That would be super cool to have. And that's a good oh, – yeah. That I mean, I talk about that with my, my fiancé all the time. Is like having just open space. She wants, like, open land yes. and horses and stuff. And, yes, you know, and, yes. I got to go on a horse a few months ago, and I never been on one. I'm from Los Angeles. There's no horses in LA unless you're like, <laughs> no, man. you know, like no. no horses over there. Like unless you're riding one in Hollywood and you're sitting in a carriage, you know, like <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and, yeah. and then, and then yeah. even then, in my time in the military, I've got to ride a wild camel instead of riding. Oh a my horse. god! So like, yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no horses, man. <laughs> yeah, so. I got to go on a uh, horse, and that was kind of cool. And then, like, when she yeah. got on it, she just, like, took off and phew, and ran. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. You know, she just took off on a horse. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, we want to do the same thing, like, have, like, our own little range and stuff, you know, so that we don't got to pay fees. You don't got to pay. The only thing you got to buy is really ammo. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now, right now, ammo is so expensive. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, crazy. They price like that one like no other, man. Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of sad when that ended, but um, at the time, I've been working at this um, contract security job this whole entire time, ever since 2016, and then uh, right when all that, you know, shooting courses stuff kind of came to an end, um, I actually somehow, some way got promoted within the company, and (laughs) um, yeah, somehow, some way, um, and and my site commander now, so... uh, my job is is very secure now. It's very um, very good. I'm pretty much my own boss, and uh, it, it just allows me to free up my time and I can spend more time with the family. I actually have more hobbies now, and this specific job gives a lot for my resume uh, for moving up to other very similar managerial type jobs. Um, so right. now, that's why I say now within about the last year, I finally feel like, hey, you know what? I'm on the right track. I finally have have got it all together since I've gotten out. And now, you know, now you feel like, because our environment at work is very militaristic, very, very. And it, it's like, you feel like you belong there, you thrive there. And nice. and yeah, so it's, it's, it's a great place. <laughs> well, if you're hiring. Hey, you know. I actually have a spot open. You want to come on? I'll take, I, I need to hire one guy. <laughs> well, hold on. Yeah. Um, I know, I know she's watching. Babe, you want to move to Utah? <laughs> very gun friendly <laughs> no uh, that's awesome man like uh that's pretty cool uh yeah. looks like and you know and transition that's like a big thing and it takes time you know like yeah. and i see yeah. the way i see it is like you can never really be done with transitioning no. oh she she just said to do it okay <laughs> there you go <laughs> so, uh, but uh you know you're never really done with transitioning, it's like I always like in the one thing as I looked and I thought and my thoughts have changed on this. It's like, you know, when you get where you want to be, you know, you're done and you're cool. But like as as I learned throughout my own stuff and listening to other people talk and even more people on a bigger uh, platform when they speak, it's like you're never really done. 
because when you're done, you're dead. You yeah. know, <laughs> right. so like, can't do anymore. So you're if you're at ninety nine percent, you stay at ninety nine percent because the moment you get to a hundred, that means you're done. That means you, it's time for you to lay to rest. So yeah. like, and that's why I always say, you know, you push to the ninety nine percent. So that way, and if you're at ninety nine, just stay there. Stay at yeah. that ninety nine percent and just keep going. You know, because exactly. I see people talk about oh, 120, 130, 140. Well, no, I mean, when you look at a scale, scale goes from when you look at percentage in general, like phones charge to a hundred. They don't charge to a hundred and one. They charge to hundred. You know, everything goes to a hundred. So right, that's kind of. Right. I don't knock their methods on what they say, but I always no. just say, hey, push to ninety nine percent, and then once you're at that time and reaches 100, then yep. you rest. So, like, I exactly. know I'm nowhere near 99% right now. I am not even <laughs> – oh, um, I mean, if yeah. I had to yeah. gauge myself, like, honest assessment, and, you know, I challenge people to do that, gauge yourself honestly. Like, right now, honestly, I'm probably at, like, 70%, maybe 60 you know, like, because I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm still learning stuff. I'm still figuring stuff so, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, every day. You know, different. so, like yeah. – I'm still putting things in motion, still kind of working on things. So it's like I'm not even yeah. anywhere near that upper percentile yet. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, no. I, like how you are, I say like in the nineties area, that's when you're kind of laying in back and you're kind of like, okay, yep. And you're you become a director, yeah. a delegator. You're like, yep, move this way. You, you okay. <laughs> tweak this you know. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. And, but it's easy to fall back down though. It, it oh, is the moment you so because, easy. Yeah, and it's, you know, because there's always yeah. someone who's training and there's always someone better than you, you know, yes, you may not, exactly. you may not come across that person, but there is someone better than you and you have to be yeah. ready to uh, have an encounter with that person, you know, cause that's yeah. going to happen, you know, or you see the people ahead of you and they're better than you and they have that same mentality. You know, they're on, oh, a, plat they're on a big platform, number one, number two, number three, People yep. like you and me, we're coming for those. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's right. We're, yeah. and, we're and coming. You can count on that because we're pushers, man. We, we go for it. And, yeah. and, and the other thing I want to add to go back a little bit was um, mm -hmm. the getting out as far as the transition goes. I'd say, um, you know, that, that was how my outward transition went. I'd say the mental part of the uh, transition is huge. And like you said, it never ends. And I would say that's that's a lot where, where it's at is, is that whole mental part of the transition because, you know, the moment you're in, you belong to something, you're a part of something. Um, and, and, and even even the rank structure itself, when I got out, um, I, I you know, the highest position I'd made to was a squadron um, in the infantry. You know, and then going from fire team leader, having four guys, and then squadron leader, having you know, 12 guys under you, completely conducting them in combat situations, telling people what to do, being such an oversight, such – you know, like high intense environment. And then all of a sudden you go from all of that and you get out and all, you're like, dude, what is going on? I got nothing. I got absolutely mm -hmm. nothing. Nobody looks at me. Nobody cares. Nobody <laughs> even knows, you know, it, it, like that's the big thing. Nobody cares. You know, Hey, I was in the Marine Corps. I was in the air force, you know, eight years of service. You know, I was infantry squad leader. Nobody cares. Nobody even understands what that means. So when you get out, you're literally a nobody when you were the guy that people looked up to and people followed and, 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 and wanted to mm -hmm. aspire to be like, you know, because yeah. you're in that squad leader position, you know, and, and, and then you get out and it's nothing, absolutely nothing. There's no reason to get up at four o'clock in the morning anymore. There's no reason to go log running or ruck running anymore, you know, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, I would say it's just a huge low and that's like what you're fighting all the time, you know, is, it, yeah. is getting back to that that high of, of being in because that's that's what made you who you are. And now you're having yeah. to not necessarily redefine yourself, 
but you're having to find where you fit in. Almost. Yeah. And that's the huge thing that we, that, you know, that veterans, I say we as veterans, we, we try to figure out where we fit in. Cause like how you said, yeah. it's, it's a whole different, you know, it, it's different. And especially when you make it to certain positions, like, like I always like for a while, like I, I, um, medically retired also, I did 17 and a half years okay. and I medically yeah. retired. Um, but I was the E7 and I was at first I was discouraged about like not making E8 and E9, you know, yeah. but like the way I see it, like as I look back and I've learned to accept those things and stuff, it's like E6 and E7, at least in the army, are the most crucial positions mm-hmm. when it yes. comes to being a mentor. Like, yes, you know, first sergeants, yeah. they mentor. Sure. Yeah. But they they that they, they, they steer away from the line and have to deal more political. Same as a sergeant major, that line time is done. And now they're political dealing with officers and all types of mess. So yeah, it's like yeah. in, in our positions, we have direct impact and influence on that yep. service member's life as a whole. Yeah. And then when you are removed from that, you have no one to your left. Yeah. You know, you're like, <laughs> what? like, where did everybody go? You know? Yeah. Who am I yeah. supposed to lead? Who am I supposed to train? Like, yes, you yep. know, you got kids and stuff. Yeah, cool. But they, you can't treat them like that because they, they're no. not going to understand it. They're not going to get it, you know, because they're small and they're going to be like, what is wrong with you? You're crazy. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, so it's like, it's, it, it's hard and yeah. you have to do like a lot of soul searching and some are still trying to find themselves. Yes. Somehow already have, you know, and I think yeah. that the important part is, is like doing something that you love doing. I think yes. that's the biggest thing, you know, like yep. if you if you wake up and going to enjoy doing what you do, I think that's the true thing. And I get it. Sometimes yep. you have to do things because you have to. Like I'm in that spot. I'm at a, I made it. I'm at a job where I have to do it right now to yeah. pay child support and alimony. I have yeah. to do it. Yeah. Do I like yeah. the place? Mm-hmm. I don't hate <laughs> it. You know, I mean, I have yeah. a good yeah. team and they're good guys and they look out for me. And there's a couple veterans. I work that's at awesome. Intel. Yeah. Oh, nice. And their, nice. Benefits, there you go. Their, and their, their benefits yeah. are good, but that's yeah. not not what I want to do, yeah. you know. Yeah. But exactly. um, and if and if I didn't have that legal requirement to pay that, then I wouldn't be there. Because right, yeah. you know, like for me right now, um, my fiance and I, we just we just started our uh, we started a nonprofit organization for veterans. Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah. So we submitted the yeah. paperwork, and we, in about four days, three days or so, everything will come back to us. We have the name; it's a uh, task force lighthouse. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, you know, because awesome. the way I we, oh, yeah. we used it, yeah, we used the example because I was I wanted to keep it like a military in like you know yep. trying to find the right name. Um, so, and then and I see a lighthouse is like a beacon, you know, where it's like no matter yeah. what's going on, what storm, no matter what, that thing never falls. Yeah, you know, exactly. and if you're always yeah. lost, look for that light and go there. Shining the way. Yep. Right. Yep. So that's what we're doing. You know. Awesome. And oh yeah. Once that. Yeah, once that takes off full time, then I'll be doing what I love and I can step away from yep, the other stuff. Exactly. You know, but yeah. that takes time. And I just don't know this. Yeah. yeah. Unless, you know, me and her move to Utah. Yeah, hey, yeah. Good job out here. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, is that, and I see too, like, you got some pretty cool pictures on your Instagram that people who are watching oh, haven't seen. Yeah, he's got some pretty cool action photos and you got yeah. some pretty good um, modeling pictures. With your you. um, with your wife, like some pretty nice ones on there. So if people yeah. you want to go check that out, um, they they do some pretty good stuff. And uh, 
You said your wife, what, she's a nurse, right? Um, she's actually in schooling to be a nurse, yeah. So schooling. Uh, oh, okay. she's always she's always been dedicated to being a mom for a long time and you know, kids are getting older now, they're going to school and she wants a career, so I think nursing she wants to be a cosmetic nurse. So yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. That's pretty yeah. badass. I mean, I know I switched my degree a couple of times. I went I went to try to be like something like that <laughs> just because yeah, yeah, like I went to a couple of classes. Like I went to like a first aid class that my university had, and I got Red Cross certified. It's just like I read yeah. all that stuff came back from like deployment. So like when I did the class, the teacher was teaching stuff, and you know all by the book. And I was like, he's like, does everyone get that? Does anyone you know? And I, I did something a whole different way. And he's like, he's like where'd what? you learn this? <laughs> and I was, he, and it was funny. He's like, I didn't teach this. Where'd you learn it? And I was like, well. well you want to know? And he's like, yeah. I was like, I had to treat this exact injury in Afghanistan and I didn't have all this stuff and I had to make this happen. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and he was just like, he was scratching his head like, like that. Wow. And then, and then we had, he was like, okay. Um, had us make a sling, you know, for someone who had a broken arm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, people were like using the boxes and stuff like things. And then when it was our turn to get the box, there was nothing in there. And, uh, the, the two girls I was with looked at me and I was like, don't worry, I got this. Right. So all there was was like a belt in there. Yeah, so everyone right? took all the stuff and everyone had fancy stuff and I was like, I got this. I took my sweater off, right? And then there I wrapped go. it around and I used the sleeve and I tied it all around and I made it and I used the belt to wrap it around. Yep. And yep. the teacher, like he was going, he came to ours and he goes, what the hell is that? And I was like, this is called an improvised sling. He's like, yes. let me guess. You He's like, let me guess. You had to do this in Afghanistan. You I was like, actually, Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> right? Hey, you've done he, it before. Like, then he's like, oh, he's like, okay. He's like, you know what? You're you're you know you're excused from any types of things we have to do here because you just know what you're doing. And I was like, yeah. I can help teach, you know, like so, like took the test and stuff. So yeah, I, I did that at one point because for some reason the stuff just like sticks after a couple times. But I just I honestly just didn't want to go through the school. It was yeah. a lot of school, oh, and I was like, no. So much. Yeah. Oh. Like that's yeah. why when you when you said your wife was gonna be a nurse, I was like, oh, bless her heart. That's so much. School. Yeah, it's so much, and she actually already has a degree. And um, oh god, uh, I'm so sorry. I just took her brain fart. Um, <laughs> god, <laughs> so bad. Oh my god. No, uh, criminal justice. She has a criminal justice degree. She. Oh wow, that's a shift. Yeah, so she is, her goal was to be a lawyer, but then we had the kids, and you know, so, yeah, we didn't make that happen back then. So, oh yeah, that's. Mm. I actually, I actually took one criminal justice class. So I have like classes and like all. <laughs> Dude, I'm the same way, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like trying to figure out who um, the hell I was. You know, like okay, yeah, I'll do exactly. Justice. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, oh, and then as I saw the this, courses, I was like, this, uh, this, I don't like this, this you know. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. With so. with me specifically, I've I actually have two hundred and thirteen credit hours in college, which is more than enough for a doctorate degree. But uh, you know, I changed my major so many times, and uh, I'm literally on my last class to have my bachelor's degree now. But <laughs> but yeah, you know, I changed from I think it was engineering to. Um, business to aviation, aviation, aviation administration, and just, you know, I was like changing and didn't know what to do. Yeah, but, yeah I think it was funny because I know when you told me you were doing a, 
aviation business. I was like, wait, yeah, so wait uh, I was like, a degree to not fly? Like, what's yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, oh my god! <laughs> Thankfully, it worked out that way with all the flying experience I have. They could count that towards. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's yeah. So, and, and the reason why I chose to finally get my degree is because the job I'm in now, you know, when I can apply for those other managerial other jobs, I'll have that degree. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, is that your that's your plan? Like, you trying to stay yeah. in security, or are you trying to go to like your uh, aviation not flying? Uh, um, area? Yeah. So, actually, you know, now that I'm in this position, um, <laughs> it's a it's it's more or less, I would say. Um, if you were to compare it to anything, it would be um, head manager of any specific location. Like if you were the Home Depot, it would be the head of that specific Home Depot store. That would kind of be like what my position is um, at where my location is. I'm a site commander, so I keep track of all my guys, their hours, scheduling, hiring, firing, disciplinary actions, everything. Um, and so uh, for me specifically, I've been, you know, I've only been in this position maybe nine months now, eight or nine months. And, um, you know, I, I, I plan to stick here maybe another four to five years um, just to get the timing under the belt and then look again and see what other places are hiring. I, there's uh, We've got um, an Adobe building down the street, and I think that would, would be awesome <laughs> to apply to work there. I don't know why, because they got a weight place on the inside, and they got super high, tight security there. So I don't know. <laughs> just a thought. Sure. But yeah. You could start your own firm. Actually, I never thought of that. That would be actually that would be pretty awesome. Because then yeah. now you would just yeah. work for you, and then you know what you need. You've exactly. done the yeah. job under. Now you're a site manager, so you know who to hire, who to place. Exactly. Yeah. And then you just come up with a dope ass name, and then <laughs> there like, you go. And this will sound bad, but whore yourself out to companies, you know? <laughs> right. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen like yeah. some of the I've seen some security companies like I because I do looking every now and then just kind of see some of them got some pretty awesome websites you know like they, it yeah makes you want to even like you're like hey this website's dope I want to join like just of, <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 you know yeah yeah exactly and then you know you depending on funding you offer you know competitive rates it's just something to think about man you know yeah no totally i mean and i'm open to so many different options you know I've, I've had a couple businesses in the past you know and, and i'm open to so many options to me i i, I just like like you and i we're we're, we're go-getters we you know high pressure that's that's our environment that we work well under and, and for yeah. me i think that's you know i i don't ever have a limit i keep going and and you know take the tide where it takes me but then you know you keep going in in whatever it is and you know that's that's me. Right. Yeah, totally. Me too. And then yeah. before we wrap up, I saw someone here named uh, Vanessa. She she actually made a point here. She said, one aspect I see in a lot of vets is that we think we are obligated to our MOS for life. That is true. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is true. Look, I'll even put it. Yeah. I'll highlight her comment right there. See? Like, yeah. That is that is true. That is that yeah. is that is super true. Like, and especially for me, um, I'm a, I'm by trade, I'm a field artillery. So okay. When you think about it, there's no artillery pieces sitting on the side of the road or on I-5. Like, hey, let me go sit no. here and provide artillery security for I-5. You know, we'll blow yeah. up the highway. No. So it's like that's that, that's really being lost then because what yeah. the heck is the world going to do with an artillery guy? But mm -hmm. when you change the mindset of taking the actual piece of it out on what you've learned, yeah. I learned um, organization. I've learned discipline. Yeah. 
I've learned exactly. skills. And then because of doing other jobs during all six of my deployments, like there's interior design, there's plumbing, there's demolition, there's electrician, <laughs> yeah. like exactly. there's all these other skills that you that I've learned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't have yep. like your certificates, but like and the same thing for infantry, like, yeah, infantry, yeah. They, yeah. they gear towards police and all the things like that. But there's other yeah. skills as long so as you many highlight them correctly yeah. on your resume. You know, exactly. So it's like exactly and learning how to highlight them is a big yeah, and, big and being factor. able to switch those words. Like yeah. w- with mine, I put my military title and then I put a semicolon and then I put yes. the civilian equivalent. Of yes, it, yes. Exactly. You know, so mm-hmm. that way it's like yep. okay, so if they read, oh, he was platoon sergeant, the average civilian goes, "What the hell's a platoon sergeant?" You know, yeah. or like well, I was a gunnery well. sergeant, but I wasn't in the Marines. They're like, wait, so is he lying? Like, you know, but in the artillery, a gunnery sergeant is the equivalent of platoon sergeant. They just have different responsibilities. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I had to highlight the difference between the two. So that way civilians know. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and that's when I had, you know, with your bio, I was like, be that's the one place where you can be conceited as right. hell, you know, like <laughs> right. you list yeah. everything because it's like a resume. You just yeah. write all the crap down, no matter what it is. Yeah. Like, oh, I got a pat on the back for doing this. You write that shit on there too, Boom. you know? Exactly. Because yep. You want everyone to know who you are. So yeah. if people yeah. out there, you're writing like a bio or a resume, be cocky and conceited because it's your achievements. No one yep. can take them away from you. You already did them. Exactly. So just yeah. put them all on paper, no matter how big or how small. Yeah. Because yeah. and you write it the right way, and you can actually make it look like a big yeah. deal. You know, it may, it may not exactly. be a big deal in the military, but it could be a big no. deal to that guy looking at or girl looking at your resume. Exactly. Yeah. Take a step back and look at it. Like see see what you're doing. Um, like during my some of my time um, while waiting to be medically discharged, I was put in charge of the armory. And, you know, you may not think that's really a big deal, but when you sit back and look at it, you know, that's millions of dollars worth of, of, of serialized gear, not just anything, yeah. things you cannot lose, things you have to keep track of, things that are controlled environment of in and out, you know, and, and you've got to look at it from that way from a, from like a civilian perspective, you know, well, I did this and this and the same things with like, like a, um, a squad leader, you know, you, you're not just a squad leader leading guys through combat. You're literally, you know, a manager. You're, you're literally on each guy's level, understanding who they are as a person and learning how to deploy them as a person individually into the environment they're at. And that's almost like any other manager in any other business places. You've got to learn who's good at what, and you've got to get that job to that person. You know what I mean? And so there's so many other aspects. You just take a step back and you look at it from the bigger picture. And then all of a sudden you realize like, oh, wow, yeah, I did do a lot. There, yeah. there is a lot to my resume. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. it's like, you know, when you even talked about the armor piece, like, that's like working at, like, dealing with weapons, you know? That's like, <laughs> yeah. That's, like yeah. that's accountability. That's uh, yep. uh, management. That's, like, you know, yeah. a whole bunch of different accountability type topics you could put there because yeah. that's like, and then, of course, you know how, at least in the, I don't know how the Marines do, but in the Army, they always throw the dollar amount of what you're responsible for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I think it, when I was deployed, I think at one point I was responsible for $64 million worth of yeah, Right. Oh and my gosh. I'm like, yeah. holy shit. Like, yeah. what the hell? And I didn't At the time nothing. you didn't realize it. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah. yeah, okay, cool, you know, whatever. But now it's like, that yeah. was trucks, that was radios, that was yeah. weapons, that was all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Not broken, mission capable, 100% the entire tour. That's a big thing, yeah. you know. Ability. 
yeah, everything. it's everything. And when you reword yeah. it and position it, that that's actually a huge deal. You know that, yeah, you know, you don't have the the school and other experience, but like, yeah, you have to learn that job you're going into. But you can at least yeah. take those core values and highlight those. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Yes. Yes. So you just yep. take the core, like. Don't be, don't feel like, and there's a lot of thing I see too is a lot of veterans feel entitled to a job, and that's that's oh, false. Just because don't they think be, they're a don't be entitled know. because if you're entitled, you're not yeah. going to get it, you know, because you don't yeah. know that job. You may have the skills to do the job, but you don't know that job because it's not the military. No, so exactly. like you have to you have to learn the stuff. Like the same thing. Like there's manager jobs at Intel. I can lead the people, yeah, sure, but yeah. there's stuff in that job that I don't know. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I can't, exactly. like, hey, I am good for this job, but I don't know the other stuff that's yeah. there. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, that, that, that's that sense of entitlement that veterans do got to yeah. lose. Like, oh, I was a sergeant major. Exactly. Okay, good for you. There's no sergeant major over here at freaking Rock. <laughs> no, you know, like, nope. <laughs> no, exactly. And then, and then when you step into that position, always remembering that, you know, you can learn and grow. And, 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 you know, casting off that whole self of like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm a, you know, I'm a corporal. I was a squad leader. No, hell no. This job is yeah. completely different. Yeah, we can take aspects from that job and use it now. But learning to step down and be like, okay, I will learn. I will, you know, um, be respectful yeah. to others and, and, and take their advice. You know? yeah. Totally. Because like the, the flip around of that is like, hey, guess what? You're not in the military anymore. You're fired. <laughs> Boom. You're fired. Exactly. Right? Yeah, they, can't just, yeah. Yeah, they can get rid of you now. Yeah. When before yeah. they couldn't. You can't get fired really in the military. Yeah, you can get in nope. trouble, slap on the hand. You got to yeah. do some really yeah. bad shit to get kicked out. But like, really, you just know you're going to go work over there and get your shit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, exactly. Now it's like, oh, you didn't do that? Nope. We'll write you up and you're fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as, as we bring this to a close here, uh, I always like to do something. I call it the closing statement. You know, like a piece okay. of motivation, inspiration for yeah. veterans watching, people watching. Uh, if anybody, if, if they came in late and they're catching this tail end of the piece, which sometimes happens, what's that one piece of motivation or inspiration you got for veterans right now that you can tell them that it's like, hey, listen to what I'm saying right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay, so here's what I'd say. You know, it's a hard transition getting out, specifically mentally. It's very hard on you. Um, you don't feel like you belong. And um, what I would say is take that feeling that you had when you were in the military and apply that to being out, you can always go for whatever you want to do. You can always um, keep going, put yourself in a pressured environment so you can continue thriving. And it's okay to not, you know, the first thing that you try, it's okay that it doesn't work out. You know, you could keep trying, keep trying, keep throwing shit against the wall until it finally sticks, you know, and that's, that's what I did the last five years. And, um, and it's okay if things don't work out. Don't let it get you down. Keep pushing hard. Keep going forward because never retreat, right? Or, you know, in a combat zone, you never, never give up. You keep going. You can't, yeah. you don't have a choice. So keep going, keep pushing hard. And, um, you know, one day you will find that thing that, that you are totally passionate about and continue going for and will keep you motivated and put you on the right track. Just don't give up. That's a big thing. Perfect. That's best way to close it off. Don't give up and just, and I like that saying, keep throwing it at the wall till it sticks. That's actually <laughs> right? pretty good. I've never heard that before. That is badass. I like that. Hey, so, one day the shit will stick, right? <laughs> yeah. So people just that that's the that's the the takeaway from this. Keep throwing shit at the wall, and eventually something's gonna stick. And that's yeah. what you run with. So exactly. uh, I appreciate you, man, for coming on. Hey, thanks I so much for having me. Of course, man. I appreciate everybody for watching. 
Uh, tune in next week because I got another special guest for you. I'll keep that one a surprise. I like to surprise. Sometimes I say the name, sometimes I don't. So awesome. always some value. I know John gave me a couple of people to reach out to that will potentially come on here who had some value and they're some pretty good people also. So yes, um, yes. thank you for tuning in. Um, awesome. Stay tuned next week to the next podcast show. And I hope everybody has a great Thursday. See everybody awesome. later. See everybody.